0: Okay, good morning, church. Good morning. There went my notes. Have you checked out the newsletter for this month? Did you notice all of the wedding anniversaries that are being celebrated this week? It's a ton of them. So go ahead and check out that and give somebody a call. And uh, while I'm making some special announcements, I want to tell you how pleased I am as a dad that you have commented and complimented Craig's message last week. Uh, Boy, I got back and, well, I didn't even have to get back and I was already receiving text. And thank you very much for doing that. I would love for him to be able to come back. Uh, He enjoyed uh, speaking to you, but uh, you guys have touched my heart, seriously, by the way you complimented and commented uh, his message and his preaching. So thank you very much. I want to give a word of thanks also to Diana Bickford, bringing her cousins. has three beautiful cousins right here on the second row. We're glad that you're here with us today. To all our guests in the assembly, thank you for coming. I want to talk about walking like a man for this Father's Day. And I want to begin with the story about Jack and Carol. Jack and Carol went to the state fair every year. And every year, Jack wanted to ride in that helicopter, but it was 50 bucks. And uh, Carol always said, you can't ride the helicopter because 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And you're not going to ride the helicopter. The next year came back, I really want to ride in that helicopter. You're not riding in that helicopter because it's 50 bucks and bucks is 50 bucks. And so year after year, well, the last year, uh, Jack says to Carol, I'm 85 years old. If I don't ride in that helicopter this year, I may never get to ride in that helicopter. And so uh, the helicopter pilot heard them talking, and he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a ride in the helicopter, and if you both don't make a sound, you won't make a squeal, you not make a word, it's free. But if I hear one sound out of you, then it's 50 bucks. Well, they couldn't pass that up, so they got up there, and that helicopter pilot had trained and flew in the jungles of Vietnam. And he took them down and around, and he was a daredevil, and he did everything with that helicopter imaginable. And he landed, and and after he landed, he said, Well, I I can't believe it. I did everything to get you to holler out and nothing. And Jack said, Well, I almost said something when Carol fell out. (laughs) But... Fifty bucks is fifty bucks. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 says, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And that's the message I want to bring to the men today, all the men, whether you're a dad or not. That we be on the alert in the Christian faith, we stern, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for the men, folk. I pray for our teenage young men, our young adults. Father God, we. We have such beautiful, godly examples of men in our congregation. Oh, God, that our, our young men would pay attention and try to emulate and try to act like and live like these men of faith. I celebrate you, dear God, our Father in heaven, that you are a holy God, but you are a God who says what you mean and means what you say. And so, God, help us to be a men of our word. Help us to stand on our two feet for Jesus. May we live our life for you and not fall to the pressures and temptations of the world that are going to make us live like mice instead of men. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what makes up a man? What constitutes a man? Today, men look for validation. And many times they turn to toys. Oh, I know, uh, as you get older, the, the, the cost of your toys gets more expensive, don't they? But we go to toys and we try to validate our manhood by the toys that we buy. And uh, we need to recognize that men, men of God, are men who take care of their wives. It's not about the toys we have. It's not about what our interests are in the world It's how we take care of our wife. It's how we take care of our family. It's how we take care of our church. It's how we take care of our community. The world's definition, depending on what part of the country you grew up in or maybe what type of people you hung around with, it might have been that it was a man who knew how to handle his liquor. And that's how you're engaged, whether you were a man or not. It's whether you could take a woman... To bed or not or maybe you were someone that could knock somebody's block off and that defined you as a man because nobody was going to talk to you rudely or you would take care of business or maybe it was because you knew how to drive a car real fast or it might be because you made a lot of money. Do not allow the world to Teach us the model of manhood. We want to find our model through Jesus Christ. There are destructive models of manhood in our culture and around the world. And we seek validation by living like the world. And I encourage you to be better than that. I encourage you to be stronger than that. And we find our our validation through Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of the Garden of Eden. Would you please turn to Genesis chapter 3? You can see on the board there that we're going to be looking at verse 1 and 6, and then verses 8, 9, and 10. And so uh, let's, let's take time to turn there and take time to read. Chapter 3, 1 and 6. Now the serpent was more crafty. ...than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food... ...and that it was a delight to the eyes... ...and that tree was to be desired to make one wise... ...she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her... ...and he ate. Verses 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God... ...walking in the garden in the cool of the day... And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now the Lord God called to the man, and he said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. You see, what I want to show you here in this text is, while Eve was sinning, Against God, her husband was right beside her. What a a different world we would live in if Adam would have grabbed his wife by the arm and said, Honey, we're not going to do that today. And he would lead her away from that temptation of the serpent whispering in her ear, What, only what would have happened. I'm asking men to be men for God. What if Adam would have taken a hoe and whopped the n- head off of that snake? Now I don't believe I don't believe that you can take a hoe handle to Satan. I don't believe that. Um, Revelation 12:9 says that the serpent of old is the devil. So it wasn't just a snake; it was actually the devil but why didn't Adam reach into his golf bag and pull out his three-wood and just whack on him? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he save the day? After all, God had his back if he had just called out. And how are we, men, going to be the godly example in our culture? Because God has got our back. And we can live differently. We don't have to keep falling and falling and falling. We can be strong men in the faith because God has got our back. Let me keep reading in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis 3, I want to read 11 through 13. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to me with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. You can see they're already passing the buck. They're already passing the buck to each other and then off to the devil. Man has been afraid of something ever since the Garden of Eden. I know that we uh, act like a man. We're going to be brave. We're going to be tough, but... But you, you get a man in the right circumstance and his knees will knock or they'll buckle. You get the right circumstance and, and, and a man will be afraid. Because ever since the Garden of Eden, we have ran from something. Adam ran from God. That which he was supposed to have a relationship with. Man has been afraid of something. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Do you know how many times in Scripture we men have been told to bite the bullet, to suck it up? And this is what God has said to us. Act like a man. It's either wishbone or backbone. First Kings 2, 2, be strong and show yourself man Job 38 1 through 3 who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge gird up your loins like a man Zechariah 8 9 let your hands be strong do not fear let your hands be strong when we look at our roots in Adam in the garden well we see failure don't we but when we look at our roots In Jesus Christ, we we find the divine, we find the godly example of being a man. It's either carnal man or it's spiritual man, and Jesus calls us each one to be spiritual men for him. What do we need to do to get back to being the man that God made us? Well, first of all, uh, men work hard. We work hard for our families. We work hard for our church. We work hard for our community. It's in our makeup to be aggressive. And we lose that aggressiveness somewhere along life's road. I don't know what age it is, but we begin to lose the aggressiveness. We become passive over time. But in the garden, Adam had a will to obey. I want you to remember these. He had a will to obey. He had a work to do and a woman to love. I want you to think about those three things and how they apply to your life he had a will to obey a work to do and a woman to love he backed down and he partook of the fruit of that forbidden tree with her and we can take the path of fallen man today or we can take the path of Jesus Christ and my encouragement to us today is to live in the pattern and path of Jesus Christ thank you Joe for your communion meditation that you had godly and have godly men in your life. Praise God for that. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring what? Lion, and he is seeking someone to what? Devour. We should look to God. Philippians 4, 7, God uh, will guard your heart. Pray to God. Second Peter 2 Peter nine. the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. Turn to God, and he will rescue us. Men work in the local church. We did the Colossians, the letter of Colossians in a series here not very long ago. And that last message was where Paul named the servants that he gave special recognition to because they were hard workers in the kingdom of God. They were hard workers in the church. And we have hard workers in the church today. Remember Joshua and Caleb? This is, this is, I think it's a great story myself. You remember the 12 spies that went to spy on Canaan? And 10 of the spies were bad, and two were they were good. Th- we, well, good. <laughs> You've got to do better than that, people. I said, two were good. Okay, that's Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. And uh, I want to turn over to um, Joshua, the 14th chapter, and read uh, 10 through 14. I don't remember what translation I put on the screen. This is the ESV. If it's different, my apologies. I've got to remember next time. Uh, Joshua 14, 10 through 14. Now, Remember, those 12 spies went to spy out the land, and 10 came back and said, we are but grasshoppers in their eyes, and we cannot take the land. But Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we can do it. We can do it. And it's, it's 45 years later, and this is Caleb making a request. Let's read about it. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since that time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going out and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke. On that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakin were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord God uh, will be with me and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. And therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite to this day, because, listen to this, church, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And I'm going to tell you, Joe said it in his meditation for the offering, when we live this way, God's got a blessing for you. You want God's blessings in your life? Live this way. Trust Him. This is what it's talking about, about having faith and living for God. Take the plunge. Take the step. Leap out into the deep and live for Jesus the way He asks us to. Caleb, at 85 years of age, he focused on what was promised. He never stopped believing or obeying and he identified what he wanted. He requested it and it was given to him. Ask and you shall... Find, seek, and you shall knock, and you shall find. I misquoted that, didn't I? (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about. I think about many of you, but I, I, I think about a gentleman who sits right there when he can come. I think about Bob Stout, 91 years of age. He felt terrible the day he came to worship God. And it's because he was in the house of the Lord that nurses and others could tend to him and get him an ambulance for the hospital. What if he had said, I feel terrible. I'll stay home from church today. I mean, wouldn't he have been justified in it? But he would have laid in that house by himself and suffered. But he, he, that's the kind of man Bob is. Bob's a man of God. And I want our teenage guys, and I want our young adult guys to know that there are godly men in this church that they stand against the world they don't stand with it they stand with Christ and Bob Stout's one of those men praise God for that praise God reminds me of a man that was in my life Alton Davis now Alton died on his 85th birthday imagine on your birthday 85th birthday but Alton was a uh, a builder he was a contractor and uh, he retired at the age of 80. 80. And he told me, I was his minister, and he said, now I get to go back to being a carpenter like I always was. And, and what he did was, at age 80, he began to help friends and family and neighbors. Oh, he had built a back porch, he had built a deck, he had built a, a utility building, and he went around helping people in the community because he was now officially retired. Isn't that great? Alton came by my house one day. His paved streets in a community on a tractor flying. And he got to my house, he took his ball cap off, and went, yee 82 years old. Man, if you can't smile at that, you got too much Botox. I, I loved it. There is no chivalry in the Garden of Eden. There's no chivalry there. There's no knight in shining armor in the garden, and Adam should have been that man. But he partook of the tree of the fruit with her. But I want you to know there is chivalry in Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we read about Jesus. In verses 5 through 8, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus had a will to obey, a work to do, and a woman to love. What is that? A will to obey the Father's will. A work to do, the cross of Calvary. A woman to love is the church. It's you. He loves his bride. And Jesus was faithful. And I encourage us to be faithful today. Secondly, today a man uh, accepts responsibility in his home. A man accepts responsibility in the home. Not like the young man that went for a job interview and they said, Are you responsible? He said, Yes, sir. Every time something went wrong, I was responsible. Adam disobeyed God and gave up up on his work. He didn't love his wife enough to tell her, Honey, no, we're not going to eat the fruit of that tree today. Eve, you've been taught in Sunday school, Eve means the mother of all living. She became the mother of all dying. Because she partook of the fruit of that tree. A woman needs to know, gentlemen, a woman needs to know that her husband loves her. She needs to know that as a man, you will fight for her. She needs to know that you will go to bat for her. Now, I hope it never has to turn into fist to cuffs, but what I am saying is when she's under a lot of pressure, are you there? When she's going through an illness, are you there? When she loses a parent or a friend or a job, are you there? Do you support her in her ambitions the way she supports you in your ambitions? Men, we need to accept responsibility in the home. And don't do anything to take your wife's smile off her face. Never have an affair. That would take the smile off your wife's face. Never treat her unfairly. That would take the smile off her face. And never leave her or neglect her and leave her in despair. An affair, unfair or despair. I read a book entitled Spit and Polish for Husbands. The subtitle was Becoming Your Wife's Knight in Shining Armor. Uh, your wife, he says, number one, your wife is a treasure. Number two, her value cannot be measured as a knight. Number three, you must guard this treasure with your life. Number four, she is the reason you draw your sword. Five, she is your inspiration for valiant conduct. Number six, uh, she, it's your calling. It's your calling to treat her as a valued uh, vessel. She's God's vessel, is she not? She's an heir of the king, and we treat her with respect. Having a good marriage is not dependent upon being perfect. Having a good marriage is being dependent upon you dealing with your sin. Deal with your sin. And apologize to your wife. Apologize to your children when you must, when you should. What are you running from? I think men, folk, can run from responsibility in the home. Life only demands from you the strength you possess. Don't compare yourself to your brother. It's only based upon your strength. And you only have one objective... And that is to not run. Do not run from your responsibility. Take care of the home. Take care of the home. When I went to India on a missions trip, they told us some things about men folk in the Indian culture. And one of the things was, if you give food to the man, you feed the man. When you give food to the woman, the mother, you feed her family. And it should be you give food to the man, he will feed his family. But many cultures, it's not so. It's not true. John 4 34, my food, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. A will to obey a work to do a woman to love in Luke 9 62 no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God 2nd Corinthians 15 58 be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord and we must train up our young men and mentor them to live honorable lives where they can face the music and bite the bullet. And one day our children will no longer take our advice. One day they will live by our example. And may may it be a godly man example in the home. An older minister told me there are three things to be a successful minister. One, he said eyeglasses for the distinguished look. The other one is gray hair. I got that backwards. The, the, the eyeglasses for the intelligent look, the gray hair for the distinguished look, and hemorrhoids for the concerned look. <laughs> <clears throat> what we need to do... You're using that one at work, aren't you? What we need to do is we need to stop running from responsibility. Many times... It's the women folk who are running the church, and I mean that in a good way. They're doing it because the men folk have not stepped up. Men folk need to accept responsibility and be here. And we're going into Vacation Bible School next week, and and we've we've got a lot of volunteers. I would imagine how beautiful and healthy it would have looked for the Vacation Bible School if we had about another 10 or 15 men saying, where can you use me? But I work hard and all day long. Don't you think the others that are working in VBS work hard and all day long? I imagine they do. Leadership demands that men have the courage to master their passions, bridle themselves for what is good and decent. Stand up for what is right. Stand up for justice and stand up for the gospel and stand up for our family. Wayne Williamson is a retired minister friend of mine. He's He's about 82, 83, and uh, he's preached most all his life in the mountains of North Carolina. And it was his grandmother. So if he's 82 and retired, and his grandmother, boy, this story goes back a long way. And his grandmother shared this story. She said that a Methodist preacher uh, took a new charge, a new church in the mountains in North Carolina, and he went out calling one day. And he went and visited on a home where the lady... He, he asked the lady, she, he said, there's not many Methodist preachers up here, is it? She thought, he said, there aren't many Alberta peaches up here, is it? And she said, no, but what are, are right wormy and naughty. <clears throat> if we will not be the men God called us to be, The world will throw us out as wormy and naughty, and they will not value the gospel, will they? We must be men of character. We must be men working for our church and working for our family. And and don't let fellow men at work think for one moment that you're going to put something ahead of your wife and kids. It would be a shame if they thought you would. I heard a guy say one time, if you want to think great, you're going to have to think great. Now, that's redundantly simple, but it becomes profound. Are you thinking great? Are you where you want to be in life? If you're not, why? Look how old you are. For Pete's sake, man, suck it up. Bite the bullet. Be the man of God you need to be and quit making excuses for it. Jesus was courageous, And third and last today, a godly man expects the greater reward. We need to teach our young men to not ruin their lives on Friday night with a cheap thrill. Look past the cheap trinkets of this world and see honorable relationships and what Jesus will do to bless you because you chose to live honorably. What are some of the rewards for living with chivalry and valor? In a book called the modern-day night by Robert Lewis he says one is an honorable name young men you've only got one family name take care of it don't embarrass your parents don't embarrass your grandparents take care of your family name number two uh, one of the rewards for living with chivalry and valor is a wife who respects you and admires you Wow children who are well-adjusted and look up to you, respect of other men in the community and church, many experiences of God's blessings, and a growing satisfaction about your life and purpose in the world because you said, I'm going to live for Jesus. When we cave in to sin, when we cave in to status quo, when we stay, cave into laziness and selfishness, we cannot and we will not receive the greater reward. Status quo work only brings status quo blessing. What you sow, you will. What goes around, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 12 1 and 2 therefore since we have surround we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What kept Jesus in the race? Anticipation of the reward and the joy. You see, Jesus could look past the cross and see you, the Christian. He could look past the pain and see the promise. He could look past the humiliation and see heaven. He looked past his suffering, and he saw our salvation. He looked past the gore, and he saw the glory. You and I kept him in the race, and we are his good pleasure. And he could look past the pain of Friday on the cross, and he could see Sunday's resurrection from the dead. Praise his name. And what do you see when you walk like a man well temporarily and eternally what do we see temporarily we see that God is glorified we see that our wives are secure we see that our kids live secure in Jesus when we choose to live like this we see our churches are growing we see a generation of men who are not afraid to turn the other cheek or walk the extra mile, serve the community, serve family, and serve the church because they know who they are in Christ. They're not not chasing cotton candy in this life. They stand for something that is substantial. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 says, Each will receive his own reward according to his own labor." Well, why is that man always being blessed? Why can't I be? Well, it might be he's got a relationship with God, and he's not failing in it. He's growing in it. What do you see eternally? I love 1 Corinthians chapter two verse nine. "I hath not seen, ear, hath not heard, nor the mind of man imagined what God has in store for them that follow him. Wow. That love him. A missionary to Iraq wrote a letter before leaving the USA. It was one of those letters that said, If you're reading this, then I didn't make it back. And the missionary wrote, To obey was my objective, to suffer is expected. His glory is my reward. What is your reward? when you come to the end of your life, will the preacher be able to say at the graveside, Wow, what a man. More importantly than that, over the graveside will your children be able to say, What a man. More importantly than that, at at the Judgment Day, will God our Father be able to say, Well done good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Wow. Well, he will, if you be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Will you work for your church? Will you work for your marriage? Why not? Because 50 bucks is 50 bucks. You see, we know the cost of everything. We don't know the value of much of anything. And the value is worth, Dad's, pouring your heart into your home and to your marriage. You either feel like it's worth it or you know it's worth it and you're going to take care of business. In 1904, there was the Welsh Revival. It transformed an entire town. Let me tell you how. This was chronicled by historian Edwin Orr. During the New Year's celebration of 1905, the Swansea County Police Court, for the very first time, did not have one public arrest for drunkenness because of the revival meeting that took place in town it was reported police complained there was nothing to do converted gamblers reformed their ways thieves returned stolen goods the courts had no cases to try or even reported that the workplace was affected in a surprising way. So many men had cleaned up the foul language that the pit ponies didn't understand the restru- instructions in the mi- coal mines. Think about that. I'm asking you today, do you need transformation? Only Christ Jesus can give this kind of transformation I promise you you cannot do it on your own I can't do it on my own and sometimes I don't do a very good job of what Christ has done in my life and maybe you've been the same way but you need transformation give up this world and take on Jesus's thinking forsake sin in 1964 a song was written it was called House of the Rising Sun. Now, I know a lot of y'all have sang that song to the radio. Maybe even played it on a guitar and sang it. Maybe you've even taken the song and changed it to Amazing Grace. It's been a very popular song. The Animals rock group sang it. There's a verse in the song I believe is fitting for an invitation. And the, the words of that verse say, O Mother, tell your children... Not to do what I've done. Spend your life in sin and misery in the house of the rising sun. When are you going to give it up? The house of the rising sun will always bring you misery. The devil will always whisper in your ear, take the fruit and eat. It's going to make you happy. And it doesn't make you happy. A cheap thrill. Why why is it that we spend our lifetime trying to live down, trying to live high. Dads, be men that you need to be. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I praise you. I thank you, dear God, for the admonition in your word for us to uh, suck it up and bite the bullet and act like men. It amazes me, dear God, that you even had to put that in the scriptures because it just looks like we would know how to act like men. But Lord, we have messed up every single time. And we still think we've got a better way than you do. But I am enamored by the men who have given up on their selfishness and they have turned their life over to Jesus. And we admire and respect them to this very day. I'm asking for men, I'm asking for their wives, I'm asking for their children to give their life to Jesus and live for you. May they respond to the invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.